0: Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox And I'm the pastor of Activate Church And this is our podcast Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast And subscribe to our YouTube channel Follow us on Facebook and Instagram I hope this message blesses you Encourages you, builds your faith And I hope you enjoy the message preach. Uh, I believe there are miracles in here today. I believe that God wants to save, heal, transform, revive all through his word because that's his will. And I want to talk about the will of God a little bit this morning. Luke chapter 5 verse 11. Luke chapter 5 verse 11. Help me preach this this morning. I think it's uh, church is really a participation thing. You get more when you, when you jump in and say amen and grab a hold of it and uh, just stir the atmosphere of faith in this place. Amen? Yeah. It's awesome. I'm excited to, uh, just for the couple of weeks, we're looking at uh, love is the death of duty and, 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 and really just allowing this thing called grace, this thing called the gospel, this thing called Jesus to really, to really be what it's supposed to be, which is a love relationship with God. And I know we say this, but... The truth of it is, is, it's not semantics to allow God to do what only he can do. And we pick up that burden and we begin to do because we want to do something. But really, we're called to love God and you cannot love God without receiving his love. Amen? Amen. The gospel is not love God. The gospel is God loves you. And it takes the gospel. It takes receiving that to ever have a shot at loving Jesus back. And so... Luke chapter 5, we've just read about Peter and the miracle, and, and Jesus calls him, and he forsakes all, and he follows Jesus. Verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to land full of fish, they forsook all and followed him. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, if if, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Can and if. Verse 13, then he put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one. It's a, it's a peculiar verse. Um, it, we don't think of Jesus or Christianity as, okay, whatever God does this morning... Uh, don't tell anybody about it, okay? Uh, we're usually like, man, shout it from the rooftops and come on. We're always encouraging people to, you know, go out and, and preach. And, and so what's this about? And, he, and he, uh, he, he tells them to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing and as a testimony to them just as Moses commanded. Basically, go go see the doctor and go get your doctor's note. Verse 15, however... The report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed, to hear and to be healed, to hear and to be healed, to hear hear. whatever you hear this morning, hear me clearly, to hear and to be healed, okay? The greatest miracle is salvation, and I also love great miracles, um, but lest we forget, the greatest of all miracles is the saving of our souls. It, it is a miracle to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Awesome. I want to talk this morning. I know you can, but do you want to? I know you can, but do you want to? How many people are coming to the hoedown? Okay. You got to get to the hoedown. And uh, Nathan Finocchio, November 17th. It's going to be incredible. Um, it's going to be awesome. Incredible fall. But here we are right here right now. Let's, let's get the word. Lord, we just thank you for this time. And we just pray, God, we could just focus in as much as we can uh, amidst life and all of the things going on. But God, we just want to hear your word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by your word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. and hearing. When's it going to stop? And hearing, and hearing, and maybe some less hearing from some certain sources. We've got to shut off some voices and turn up the voice of God in our life, because faith is determined upon who we listen to and what we listen to. And so this morning, as we hear the word of God through this imperfect messenger, thank you, Jesus, Lord God, that your word would build faith, not just the idea of faith, not just hope, even though we love hope. God, we need some faith. We need some faith, Lord, this morning, some authentic, unshakable faith. The righteous will live not by sight, but by faith, the inward working that can only come from the word of God. Lord, give us your word this morning and leave us never the same again. And everybody said amen. 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 Um, have you ever heard the phrase, have you ever seen an athlete not sign a contract and they say, well, listen, it's not about the money, but. And you know when someone says it's not about the money, that it's about the money. <clears throat> when someone says it's not about the money, it's about the money. And and we make a lot of funny statements in life. We 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 make a lot of, of statements that seem to be really deep, profound ways of excusing our bad behavior, uh, blaming people, making excuses. And I just I just just for a second, I just wonder why we communicate in certain, in certain tones and in certain ways when it comes to, well, even just statements like money doesn't make you happy. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, well, why do we, why do we come up with these, these phrases? Like, well, what if I'm already happy, right? Well, if, if I'm already authentically poor and happy, will money make my happy happy? Could, could money possibly make my already happy happy? I don't know, but we make statements like, well, Christians don't need to go to church. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Okay, deep statement. Great. But what if my destiny is tied to people in my local community, in a local church? My destiny is interdependent upon you, so that's kind of a silly thing to go around saying. I'm not saying all by itself in a Petri dish, in a bubble, that it's not a true statement, but why do we spend so much time making statements against things we, we make statements um, on, on a negative slight, a negative hue, a negative tone and, because, and as if it's some bold thing, some bold statement to stand against something I'm about to say something seriously bold you can quote me um, I don't like hate I know I don't like selfishness in church I'm against it. I'm against it. I know it's a big, it's a big deal. But that's about how big of a deal it is living a life of walking around making silly statements that, that really are against everything. When God said, I'm not against you, I'm for you. And and building a life of what you are against will never be powerful enough to let you become who you want to be. Me and Carrie all day long could say, I don't want a marriage like that, and I don't want a marriage like that. Not wanting a marriage like that does not have enough power or definition to bring me into the marriage that I want to have. Is anybody hearing me? Yes. It takes about five seconds to blow up a Las Vegas uh, casino. Have you ever seen one of those things? Literally. I mean, they, they load the thing up with so much dynamite or whatever. M80s that it just goes, it took about five years to build what it takes about five seconds to blow up. That's how a lot of us live lives. We get instant results by sowing discord and and discontentment and offense. And we go around saying all these things that we think are deep about church, marriage, politics, government, people, community, sin. And we go around and really what we're addicted to doing is blowing things up. Because it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of security, and it takes a lot of faith to stand actually in one place and build. It takes a lot to build a marriage, to build a Christian walk, to build a family, to build a church. But we walk around saying things like, well, I love the church, but I'm not really a part of a church. But I love, I love what God's doing around the world. That's as bad as me talking about marriage. Well, I'm a big fan of marriage. Well, do you love Carrie? Yeah, but I'm really more into the, the global idea of um, the female gender. Some of you are worried this morning because I don't have my ring on, and Sean's wearing a picture of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay, I see where this is headed. So me and Carrie have called it quits, but listen, it's totally cool. She's still going to do transition. I shouldn't even joke about it. This is just weird. All right, I, I took it off when I was working out. And, um, I know, I know. And, uh, oh, there we go. Oh, got to keep it in. And, and that was for a birthday thing. We all got together and made t-shirts of Carrie. So he didn't do that on his own. Like, you know, is that the youth pastor? Like, okay. Um, anyways, um, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? I'm a big fan of Carrie you got to put a name. If you can't put a name on what you want and what you're for, then you are only against something, and being against something is not enough to bring you into something. The, the Israelites were against slavery, but they weren't for the Word of God, and being against something is not enough to bring you into something, and so you've got to have Substance. But the problem is, we think it's so bold. Oh, I'm against the mega church. I'm against faith churches. Oh, I'm against churches like this, and I'm against churches like that. Yay! That's so powerful and so bold. The truth of it is, when you decide to stay put and stand for something, it's at that moment it takes boldness because now I've shown you something that you can attack. But when I'm against everything, and I'm a little squealy, wheely bit of a, oh, you can't catch me. Oh, i Against Woo. I'm against that. I'm against that. Oh, I'm against this. I'm against selfishness. I'm against hate. Oh, I'm against anger. Oh, I'm against church elderships that are weird. Woo. Oh, I'm against scandal. Oh, I'm against the lights in the show. I'm against the commercialization of the church. I'm against, I remember one time I said, Merry Christmas on Facebook, Merry Xmas. And someone said, you know, we need to put the Christ back in Christmas. I said, did you know the, the X is actually the Greek letter for Christ? And back in the day, some, some saints were sending letters to orphanages and they had so many letters to send And so many people to bless that they couldn't write it quick enough, so they just decided to pick the X, the Greek letter for Christ, and say, and and put it into Christmas. Guess what? Christ is already in Christmas, but we become so anti-everything. Well, Walmart doesn't say it. They say, happy holidays. Grow up, Christian, and get back to being for something that's just against something. Well, I'm just against all the lights in the show. I'm against this. I'm against cool church. I'm against hipster Christianity. I'm, a, I'm against, I'm against, we need to sing more hymns. We need to get back to the heart of worship. <laughs> Take me to the heart of worship. Ah, nah, 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 nah. It's a great song. <laughs> e- have you ever emailed Cher and said, You want to sing more hymns? Well, no, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. So many assumptions, so much negativity, so much opinion. So much I'm right and the world's wrong? Email share. I bet you she'd email back to you, hey, what hymns are on your heart? You'd be like, well, I don't know. I don't really sing hymns. I just don't like what you do. And I wanted to tell you. See, Facebook has shown us that we don't need to know what everyone thinks and feels about everything, and I don't want everyone to know except God what I think and feel. And, and the truth of it is, is we get so caught up in being against things, thinking that we're, we're become awesome in our own thinking, when the truth of it is, is when I'm about worship, when worship is my focus, when I am for spirit and truth worship, I can roll up on a Catholic mass and and lift up the name above every name. I can roll into a Lutheran service, a Baptist service, a Pentecostal service, a seeker-friendly service, and lift up the name and build up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and my God will be lifted up, or the rocks will cry out. And I don't want a rock doing my job. I don't want a rock doing my job. Worship. I'm for that. I'm for forgiveness. I'm for, some of us are so caught up in, well, you know, men, women, marriage, church, society. What are you for? What are you for? What are you all about? You come to a point when you realize you're not about much when you find someone that wants you to pour into them. And when you realize that all you have is toxicity. Toxicity and anger and offense this is why we become what we hate because it's all we know the reason people become just like the mom they hated that hating her does not bring you into not being her And so you hate her and you become like her because it's all you know. So to go where you have never gone before, or to go into what you want to go into is you gotta have something, you gotta be for something, and when you're for something, you gotta stand on it, stand, having done all stand on the word of God and fight the fight of faith over your past, over your future, over your marriage. Come on, over your over your over your children, over your finances, (laughs) fight it. But you've got to be for something you've got to be for something can you this morning give yourself this week to being for something Can you just put everything that you're against? Well, you don't know my wife. She's told me to keep her accountable in her areas of things because she's crazy. And she's got baggage and luggage and and handbags and hand totes from her past. And she has asked me to pray for her and cover her. Just put it to the rest just for a week. And be for her, when you see something about her that you like, go, I'm all about that. I wanted you to know that that little walk you did, that was cute. I love that. Oh, that little thing you did with your hair. And the dinner you made, celebrate what you are for in her, what you are for in your kids, what you are for someone at work, Well, you don't know my boss, they are the devil. I doubt they're the devil. Find something redeemable and celebrate it in their life. Do not live a life of being against things. Our God said, I'm not against you, I'm for you, not against you, I'm for you, not against you. But we often find a church that's against everything. Against everything. But when you become for something, it's really difficult to be around people that are against things. Because you're having a good day being for something, right? Yeah. And then you're around someone that's against something. Well, you know, there's just not enough miracles in the church and they're and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm just looking for my next divine appointment here at Starbucks. And uh, Well, you know, Starbucks, corporations are the problem. The church has become a corporation, just like Starbucks. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know. you just can't handle. Now, the problem is if you're married to this person, don't show it right now. No facial expression. Is <laughs> you can listen and love, yet be a champion for this in your family, and and live this, and portray this, and when you don't ask for forgiveness, but I'm here to champion what I'm for. But the moment I gave up on being against things, I was against things for years, and I wanted you to know it. Any opportunity, someone would ask me, hey, what do you think about you think about the vineyard church. Oh, they're good. They're cool. Sweet souls. Bars of gold. Love them, saints. That's awesome. That's incredible. No, but really. Well, listen, between you and me and the squirrels, um they're a little weird. And we love it. We won't admit it. Are you a gossip? No, cuz that's wrong. I'm just praying for them. I'm just praying for them. Hey, what about what about that one church? I heard they do communion every Sunday. Sounds a little Catholic for me. Listen, that's just, that's just my conviction. That's just my <laughs> conviction. And you can't ever just say something like, oh man, thank, thank God for the Vineyard Church. You know, oh, thank God for New Heights. Oh, thank God for, for Crossroads. Thank God, oh, man. Thank God for some of the churches that have a foundation. Yeah, but I heard they're really. Maybe we'll get there during the conversation or relationship or whatever, but we can't. Communicate what we're first for because we're living in this thing about being against things. And God's called us to build. What do you want to build? You know everything you don't want to build. We built a house. It is really difficult because I know everything I don't want. But what do I want? What do I want the kitchen to look like? I don't know. I just don't want an ugly kitchen. Okay. It's really difficult what are you for what are you for i'm so busy telling everybody what i'm against and this type of perspective leaks into some of the best churches and the best preaching and the best marriages because we want to pick up this mantle of fear negativity opinion and something outside of proclaiming and championing the word of god and the will of God, and the heart of God, but that's what God has called us to do. So even in this story, oftentimes what happens is Jesus is just starting his ministry, right? We're talking about the wedding at Cana, and we're talking about the Beatitudes, and we're talking about this leper, and we're talking about the fish and the boats sinking, and we're talking about Jesus reaching the multitudes, and what often happens is a preacher gets up and says, but then Jesus, you know, he, he was really, though, in to discipleship. He was, he was really, I mean, the crowds, You know he wasn't really into, he was really into Peter. The problem is he was into the crowds. He was into the masses. He was into the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. He did love to gather the pe- thousands of people on the mountainside when he preached as the disciples that wanted to send them home and say, we're done. And Jesus said, no, the party's not done. I want another miracle. I want to provide. I love the fact that thousands upon thousands of people have gathered God is in the numbers. When Peter got up to preach the gospel on the day of Pentecost, over 3,000 people came to Jesus. He wishes that none should perish. He has called us to go in all the world and preach the gospel. It ought to be a growing, healthy, thriving organization of people centered around the grace of God. He loves people. He loves the multitudes, and his ministry had a name on it. He had a person out of Peter. He was reaching the multitudes, and he was calling Peter. He was preaching, and he was going after Peter. Jesus turned the world upside down through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, and through 12 people. Yeah. 12 people. Does your ministry have a global effect? I'm just praying for the whole world. Awesome. I think you should still do that. I love the church. Awesome. You should still do that. I'm praying for marriages around the world. Awesome. I put little prayers on Facebook for the World Wide Web, for the whole world. I think you should, that's awesome. And does your ministry have a name on it? Peter. James. I just love the church. D- does your church have a name on it? Does your marriage have a name on it? Do, 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 do your dreams have a name on it? Or are they just like... Wow, I, I, think, I think that's a great place to start. I think it's incredible because that's the revelation of God is that the church, glo- we are a part of the greatest days of the body of Christ that this world has ever seen. So I love the church. Jesus loves people. He died for all humanity, and he called Peter, follow me. John, follow me. Matthew, follow me. His ministry had a name on it. Who are you discipling? in your little black book of discipleship? Who is in your phone? Who's your Jared? Who's your TJ? Who's your Kyle? Who? Who are the people that you are doing relationship with at a peer level? or a servant level, or around you level, there's gotta be some names that God is calling you to pour into. Every once in a while, there's a Judas. Don't let that stop you. Every once in a while, there's a Peter. Don't let that stop you. Every once in a while, there's a John that, that, that lays at your feet and loves you no matter what. Not everybody can be John. Not everyone can be Peter. He's called us nonetheless to disciple. We typically, though, love to only disciple up Let me tell you what the church should do. Let me tell you what everybody should do. Let me tell you what mom and dad should do. If you just ask me, I'll give you my opinion about you and how you spend your money and the cars you drive and your worship and your giving. Oh, let me just see your tax return. I'll help you out. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll come over to your house, and I will give you a piece of my mind on how you communicate to your wife and your kids. I got all kinds of opinions. Jesus said, cool. Cool. Disciple, pour into somebody right now, right now, right now. Who do you want to pour into? Uh, uh, God's gonna give you some names. Names, not the church. Names. Your ministry is about to have a name on it. Your life is about to have a name on it. Why? Because your life and ministry is people. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on. Life and ministry is people. From marriage, To kids, to church, it's all relationships. It's all connections with with people. Discipleship, discipleship. The other thing that keeps us, I think, from discipling is we want to be discipled. I want to be coached. I want to be mentored. I hear that time and time again. Why? Because that was my own prayer. Somebody please see me. I was so distraught that no one would come along and disciple me. We all have a need. We all have a desire and it's not bad. The problem is we can't control it. And so Jesus says, I need you to be more about what I'm calling you to do according to my word, and I will take care of the rest. David didn't get Jonathan until the appointed time. If he waited in that pasture till he had a Jonathan to believe in him, when he did not, he would have never made it through the ceremony, being anointed by the Holy Ghost, and then on that battlefield with a servant's heart and and defeating Goliath by the word of God. And then God brought Jonathan into his life. You cannot wait for the palace. You cannot wait for your Jonathan. You cannot wait for your Goliath. You've got to walk according to the word of God and faith today. Come on today here. Throw up the Proverbs. verse. Proverbs 18, 22, 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. This does not mean go out and look. You my wife? How you doing? Whoa, whoa, how you doing? Now, you got you to gotta live life. So if you want to dating side, you got to date, absolutely. Just be normal. Absolutely. Meet, greet, say hello. You know, take a look around in a worship service. Do what you got to do. But this is not what that verse means. This verse is this. If I was to go out today, and we were about to walk around, and I, I, I'm walking, and I find a $5 bill, I pick up a $5 bill, and I go, that's awesome, $5. The next day, if I'm like, dude, I'm going to go find myself another $5 bill, I don't find a $5 bill because it's not about looking. It's about where I was walking. Finding is not going out I'm going to go find myself a mentor. You know how bad I wanted mentorship in church planting, in first-year marriage, in worshiping? I wanted to find a mentor that had sold everything and gone to Australia. I always wanted to find a mentor in entrepreneurship, a mentor in in, in all sorts of everything. And none of it's bad, but it's so funny that we'll hold back our destiny because we need to be discipled. When Jesus is saying, I don't need you to go look for it. I need you to walk. Because when you are walking according to my word today, it will find you. Your blessing will find you. Your mentor will find you. Get discipling today. Get on with it. Oh, I was like, God, am I going to get married? I'm a single youth pastor. because I go to Tonga. I'm like, God, I love Tongans. I don't know if I want to marry a Tongan. Because I go to Tonga. I go to Tonga. Bam. Carrie reaches out and grabs me in the lobby. Metaphorically speaking, people, please. Let's keep this PT-13. In the original, in the original, that word find means reach out and grab. That's what it means. Walk where you need to walk. I needed to be in Tonga. Bam. Destiny. Are you where, are you walking where you need to be walking? Discipleship is what God has for you. I don't care if you feel like you're the wackiest, patackiest sinner. If you are, we'll find you. We're here to protect the sheep. But find someone. (laughs) Find someone. God has someone. God has a group of people, but I don't want you to just to view it as you're the broken little lamb in that small group. It just, it just needs 20 years of being poured into. I'm not here to mock you. Anytime I mock something, just so you know, it's me. That's what I needed, man. I needed preaching, mentorship, and God knows what he's doing. They so just start discipling people. Isaac, I want you to go down to Madison High School, and I'm just going to bring you some disciples. I remember Sarah, Sarah, who's just basically just runs so much around here. I remember in eighth grade, I was like, hey, I just want to teach some people the Word of God. Come up here, and we're just going to, like, pretend we know how to preach. And I remember Sarah came into that room many, many years ago. God's like, I just want you to start discipling people. Just start discipling people. Walk where I have, according to my word, Walk. Don't worry about where other people are walking. You be where you need to be. And guess what? You don't need 20 people to go to church with every Sunday. Did you know that you can decide what you want to do with your time and your life? You are not a victim. Walk. Walk, and you will obtain favor from God. Why? Because originally you found out where to walk through his word anyways and cannot take take credit for what reached out and grabbed you along the way of walking according to the word of God. Come on. And so Jesus says, Peter, follow me. Personal miracle. Gives up all this fish. Follows Jesus. Could you imagine me and Peter? They're, like, coming into the the banks of the Sea of Galilee. Possibly the multitudes were still there. (laughs) And maybe they didn't know it was a miracle. Maybe they just thought, wow, Peter really figured out how to fish this sea. Right? These guys learned a secret trick. What's, what, what, what were they biting on, Peter? Oh, I don't know. But what I do know is he left a bunch of fish, thousands of dollars of shekels on the bank, left it, and followed Jesus. I'm a very much of Jesus person. But I'd be like, that's stupid, because you need to sell the fish and give it to the poor. Peter just leaves it rotting, and follows Jesus. So they're 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 walking along, and 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 a, and, and a leper, a leper who's not supposed to be. their leper's supposed to stay where they're supposed to be, uh, in a leper colony. They're called the outcast, untouchable. Uh, it's debatable on whether how truly contagious and uh, all of this was and the theology around it's a little, a little sketchy. But most people believe that it was something because the disease was so horrible that you, have, you had to have done something horrible against God. Even if you didn't say that, you probably believed it because you literally would fall apart. And so they, they didn't know what today's put you in these, in these leprechauns. Somehow this guy who'd been ostracized from his family kicked out of the town somehow hears about Jesus, makes his way there, and he falls at Jesus' feet. So we're coming out of the miracle. We're coming out of Peter being called, the multitudes being touched, and now we have this divine order of Scripture. We have this leper. We have this leper which represents sin and death, which decays us from the inside out untouchable, uh, un, not deserving of grace, not deserving of love, but but somehow he, 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 he falls to the ground and prays a prayer. And, and it's amazing how need and desperation will change your prayer life, change your worship life. You tend to pray a certain way when you are going through the very valley of the shadow of death. And guess what? For the record, I think that's okay. I think that it's good to, to, to have some of that. God, would you have mercy? on me. If, if you don't touch me, I'm not going to make it. And, and he prays this prayer. If you are willing, I know you can heal me. If you are willing, I know you can heal me. Now hear me, all good theology starts with what God can do. All good faith starts with what God can do. Who put this here? This is, I, this is in my runway here. All good faith starts with a revelation of what God can do. In the beginning, God, in the be- a revelation of his omniscience, a revelation of his omnipotence. A revelation of of his all-knowing, all-being, all-powerful, that is the beginning of all good theology, is a revelation of he's the alpha and omega, he's the creator God, the earth is his footstool, besides him there is no other. All faith starts with a revelation of how big our God is, how eternal our God is, how awesome our God is. That's not where most of us struggle. I could preach a message on God here for an hour, and maybe I should, and we would champion the revelation of God. It's, it's, it's not if God can, it's if God is willing. That, that's the part we struggle with. Is is God, I know you can heal, I I know you can provide, I know you can save. It's just, are you willing, 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 willing? Is it in your will? Right here, right now, in my situation, is it something that you want to do? I know you can heal, but right now, do you want to heal? Is it in your will? Do you want to intervene? I know your word created the heavens. I know your word went forth and light. When you said in the beginning, let there be light, there was light. I got no. I got no problems with the word of God. I know the word of God is, is more powerful than any two-edged sword. I know the word became flesh. It walks amongst us. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. I know your word was sent and someone was healed. I know you can. I just need to know if you want to right now. Are you willing? You notice he used the word if? Because that's where we struggle. Is it, is it your will? I just need to know: Is it your will? Is it your will? Do you want to intervene? I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. I know you can save that person. I know you can. Forg- I know you can forgive me. I know. I know. But but are you willing to wash that sin and that memory that plagues me at night? Right? Are you, are you are you willing to heal me right now? Are you willing to heal me right now? Are you willing to heal? Can you help me? I know you can, it's not where I struggle, I know you can, I know you can save this city, I know you can restore marriages, I know you can open wombs and I know you can save kids and I know you can help. I know you can bring a breakthrough. I know you can break generational dysfunction. And I know you can. 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 can. But do you want to? Do you want to? And I love it because Jesus said, I want to. He said, I'm willing. He said, I'm willing. Jesus wanted us to know not only can he, but he wants to. You need to know that he wants to. You need to know that he wants to. You need to know that that is his will. It's his will. He is willing. It's a part of his word. It's a part of his will. It's a part of his want to. We're not called to get caught up and play God and figure out why, though, it doesn't happen. We've got so much evidence, though, for why it doesn't happen, that it plagues our subconscious. Why? Why? Why did that person get healed and that person die? But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so I have got to have more evidence from the word of God than I do from what I've seen. That I have to know through the word of God that God is in control. He did not want me to wrestle with, though, it, it if it's his will. We do not need to justify through our own experience of evidence that God is a God that doesn't want to or is not willing, even though our our firsthand knowledge and eyesight and evidence would say the contrary. We are called to come to the throne of grace and say, God, I don't know, but you know, one day I will know. because right here, right now, you do want to. It's in your will, by your stripes, I am healed. I know that when you went to the cross, it shed your blood. It was for my spirit, my soul, and my body. I also know that my days are numbered, and none of us are promised 105 days that heaven could be healing. you know, that 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 you know, does this make sense to anybody that you know, God, that you know? I, I, I know that you know. I don't know. One day I will know, as I am known. But I'm going to give myself, I'm going to move from you can to you will. I know we all know that person that had some bad bedside manner. We've all been there. But with, with the person in the hospital and the faith person comes in and doesn't allow anyone to say that person's sick because that's a bad confession. And so sometimes we come into contact with weird people. Well, welcome to life, welcome to church. But Jesus still wanted us to know that in the beginning of his ministry, the leprosy and sin had nothing to do with whether we deserved it or not. He wanted us to know that it's in his will, that he's willing. He wants to, he wants to heal. Every time you pray, up until someone's last last breath, love them, hold their hand, preach the Word of God. The Bible says they lived in faith and they died in faith. I will live in faith, I will preach the gospel because I believe that Jesus wants and is willing to save the gravest of sinners, the biggest of hypocrites. He wants to heal. He wants wants to restore. He wants a revival in the human heart in every way imaginable. You do not need to, to waver between God. Do you want to heal my soul, my body, my past, my finances? Do you want to move in my family? Do you want to move in this community? Do you want to move on the PTA? Do you want to move in the school district? Because it is a resounding yesterday, today, and forever, and I will stand on the word of God, church. My yes will be yes, and my no will be no. He said, it's my will. It's my will. It's my will. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. And he touches the man. He touches the man. God is always always touching people. Doesn't matter if I'm on a high school campus, a college campus, a church, a business group. If I'm hanging out one time with a bunch of Buddhists, Shinto, Muslim. Doesn't matter. God always shows up and touches people. I always thought the touch is what could save someone, and it can, but it baffled me because God is always touching people. Even to the point, I think I've overtold the story, so I apologize. It just really changed my life. When these Japanese kept just falling over into the, under the power of God in this meeting we were having. And I just thought, man, what is it? And they would get up and want to talk about it and not just give their lives to Jesus immediately. It was a touch. It was a touch. Even right now, he just wants to touch you Immediately does no matter what leprosy you deal with, he just if you hold someone's hands, it's not even a believer and you pray with them. I say more often than not, there's a touch, it's gonna to happen. <laughs> you pray for someone, and I recommend that we do. I think it's part of our part of our, our ministry and our life. But it's interesting, then he speaks the word be cleansed, be healed, be cleansed, and the leprosy left him immediately. And I can guarantee you what Peter was thinking was, this is the big one. This is the drop the mic moment. Because up until this point, every miracle was subjective. If you were at the wedding and you saw the water to wine, the Bible says that only the servants knew. You could have been like, I don't know. The fish could have been like, maybe Peter, you know, figured out, you know, what they're biting on. The Beatitudes was incredible. But this was a creative miracle in front of everybody that was undeniable. It was undeniable. That's why it immediately that entire region started to, to, to press towards uh, Jesus. And the multitudes became great multitudes because there's, there's this creative miracle in front of them where this leprosy was absolutely cleansed and healed. And I bet you the boys were going, yes. Oh, man, the haters are going to love this. They mocked us for leaving the fish. They mocked us for leaving the family business. But we now have credible evidence, eyewitness proof, undeniable proof. Deal with it. Game set. Match. Drop the mic. Woo! It's awesome. And as they're celebrating, yes, this is going to be awesome. Jesus turns to the man and says, don't tell anybody. I can only imagine Peter's face. A marketing meeting. Um, this is not a good idea. You're the Messiah. You're going to restore Jerusalem and restore Israel outside of Roman rule. Not really, Peter. It's not how I'm going to do it. Not how I'm going to save the world. All of your ideas, I, I guess it's cool. Just, just come along with me by faith. Only by faith can you see this. He says, I don't want your greatest, I don't want your greatest proof. I don't want your source of faith to be sourced in something that you see. Miracles, miracles are not the power of God to save. They are powerful, and they are a sign that points to Jesus. Now, a miracle can be used to instantaneously immediately save somebody. Don't get me wrong. But Jesus did not want us to go around and preach the gospel of Watch God do something in front of you to convince you to be saved. Now, if a miracle happens and it builds your faith in Jesus, awesome. But he wanted us to know that your greatest proof and evidence will not come from something that you see externally. It might help, but it will come through the word of God opening the eyes of your heart on the inside of your soul. The Bible says it like this in Romans. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That word means, I don't believe it's inadequate. I believe the gospel is adequate. I believe the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel that is the power. The miracle is not the power of God unto salvation. I know there's a little bit of Harry Potter in all of us that wants to show the world how awesome our God is. Jesus said, I don't want anyone right now to go around and putting their faith in this miracle. I want them to put their faith in Jesus. I want them to put their faith in the gospel, in the word of God, because that is the power. For everyone who believes, 1 Corinthians 1, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us being saved, it is the power of God. Ephesians 1.18, so the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that can only happen through the word of God. Now, I remember I was in Austria one summer, I prayed for this man, he was drunk, and he had jacked up his back, and I prayed for him, instantaneously healed. I'm not here to, this is not a formula, but that is an opportunity to preach Jesus, I don't care if you're Billy Graham in a crusade or for your street team praying for people. Miracles break out, awesome. Miracles don't break out, fine. I wish they did. Uh, uh, salvation breaks out, I, none of these things we can't control. But Jesus wanted to make sure we didn't put the power in something visible to convince people that Jesus was real. Because I guarantee you, Peter wanted to unlock this and go, boom with it skeptics and Jesus said no 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 it's the Word of God that goes inside someone and causes enlightenment the the scene has to happen from the inside now if they see something on the outside that helps them like a miracle or the church love each other or church unity or whatever it might be all of that is good but make no mistake about it the greatest miracle is always is always is always the salvation of the soul any miracle points towards salvation the church points to salvation healing points to Jesus don't tell anybody The other reason is that Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. So he actually did this multiple times. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Because he hadn't hadn't fully revealed his purpose. Still, people didn't understand it. So he went to the cross on Good Friday. It was crucifixion. Three days later, there was resurrection. Jesus came up out of the grave, revealed himself, did signs and wonders. And right before he went to heaven, it was at this point he took the lid off and told his disciples and told the world, now go into all the world and tell everybody that they've got to see this. See what? The cross, the finished work. salvation through the word of God is now released. Go tell everybody they got to see it, they got to see it, they got to see it, they got to see it. This is the good news that Jesus Christ, the name above all names, the gospel, is the power unto God, unto salvation. So he said, go into all the world, make disciples, and yes, yes, when you preach the gospel, there will be signs and wonders that follow. The preaching of the gospel. Lay your hands on people. Heal sickness. I've given you all authority. I've given you all authority. I've given you all authority to go and preach my word, to go and preach my will, and go preach and tell people what I want to do. I'm not trying to figure out my will. Uh, do I want to heal this person right now? I don't know that he wants to. And today we get to lay down our, well, why didn't that happen? And just say, God, I, I'm giving myself to your will. I do not want to struggle with your will any longer. Every time I preach, I know you want to save that person. Every time I give my testimony, it's just that oftentimes we equate a stadium revival or an African tent revival as more powerful than you sitting in your living room giving your testimony. And I'm here to say that your testimony, especially when it's centered around what Jesus has done to you and how Jesus has saved you, it is a testimony of an eyewitness account. And Jesus said, I want you to go to all the world and because you are my witnesses. And I want you to testify. I want you to testify. It's courtroom, courtroom, technolo- uh, courtroom terminology here. And, and, and I want you to testify of what you've seen you're an eyewitness account of the grace of God in your life, and that is the most powerful, undeniable proof on planet Earth is when someone stands before someone else and says, I was an eyewitness, I was an eyewitness to the grace and healing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you about it. And then, yes, pray for the sick, but our faith, our faith is in the gospel. Our faith is is in the word of God our faith is in the evidence the proof and power is not in the miracle it's in the word revealing Jesus the miracle can reveal Jesus church can reveal Jesus my life can reveal Jesus but make no mistake about it it's not all a sum total to reveal something visible so someone can see it but I think we've all been there how many times I wanted an angel to show up to some of my friends to the things they said about God in the Bible I'm like right now would be a good time for an angel to to show up and Jesus said I work from the inside out Their, their eyes of their understanding have got to be opened up thank you Jesus Lord I know you can but is it your will Lord I know you can but is it your will This morning we're going to let go of things we don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know, but God does. That's some of the greatest theology ever. I don't know, but God does. I don't know, but God does. I don't know. Say it. I don't know. I don't know, but God does. God. I do know that, that God does. I do know. I know it. I'm letting go. I'm not going to waver what his will is, though. His will, his will is his word and his want to. It's his want to, his word and his will. It takes death for a will to be released, an inheritance to be received. for inheritance to be received the death of Jesus, the blood of Jesus enacted the will of our heavenly Father through the Son, through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the will, his heavenly inheritance of our Father executed through his Son, Jesus, given to us, reminded to us through the Holy Spirit of the will of God. And we ought to know, And preach the gospel of you know what? You are a son and daughter, and you are in His will. Heaven is in His will. Healing is in His will. Revival is in His will. Peace is in His will. Joy is in His will. God's presence is in His will. You're in His will. You're in His inheritance. That's the will of God. That's the will of our Heavenly Father. That's the will of God. It's the will of God. Lord, I know you can. But do you want to? Are you willing? Is it your will? 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 This is, will? this is my will. This is my will. This is my will. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. So much of so much of life is to, just like a strong-willed child, is to break down this will that we have that just wants to be heard and wants to be seen and wants justice and wants everything to be right. And God says, I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't need you to share your opinions about everything. I need you to be for something. I want you to be for, and I wanted you to know what I'm for. So you could go tell other people what I'm for. Well, why didn't that person get healed? You know what? Honestly, I don't know. Look them right in the eyes, not out of arrogance or cockiness or whatever, but say, I don't know, but God knows. But I do know His will is that He wants to heal His children. That he wants to save people. That's His will. And our will it's broken down over, over years of, Hey, clean the toilets. Hey, take out the garbage. Anytime someone tells you something and you're like, that's actually leads to offense. And all it was is, was your will being tested? Cause you didn't agree with what they did. And guess what? The point isn't that the point is my will, my will. Why he wants us to become willing. And so we become willing. We go, God, not my will, but your will, not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. Just like Jesus prayed in the garden, Lord, Father, remove this cup. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This hurts. This is painful. Stand with me. I close with this. Let's read this together out of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will, there's our word, he will make your path straight. Who wants this this morning? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to trust the Lord? Are you willing to walk? trust in the Lord come. Your kingdom come on earth
1: as it is in
0: heaven. Oh, your kingdom come and your will be done. Oh, your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, we ask for your will. We ask for your inheritance. Lord, let your word and let your will. Today, God, we know that you want to. Lord, that you want to stay Thank you, Jesus. we got to close this morning. If you've never given your life to Jesus, just take this moment. And it's really a heart thing. It's a faith thing that just says, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross, dying for me and taking my place. Forgive me of my shame and my sin and my guilt and do my own thing. God, I just lay it at your feet today. Come into my heart. I want to live for you. Come into my life. Take over, take over, take over. I know you want to. And now I... I submit to that want to and say, God, I now want what you want. But God's so good, he did not want us to struggle in our life amidst contradiction in knowing what he wanted to do. And we go into all the world and live a life of telling people, you know what God's will is, his word is, and his want to? I'm clear on it. I'm clear on it. I'm clear on it. Amidst chaos and confusion. There's one thing I'm not not unclear about, and that is his willingness and his want to in my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in his will. It's in his will. It's our inheritance. I want it. I just want to receive it by faith, amen. But I never need to question what's in it. This is his will that was released, the death of Jesus Christ. It's our inheritance. Amen. Hey, if you want prayer, come on up here. We'd love to pray with you. Sorry for going long. Get out of here. Have an incredible day. Come next week. Bring someone. We love you so much. If you need some prayer, though, come on up. We love you.